When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here from Wales Online. Nathan Blake and Phil Smith are in the studio to discuss all the big issues as always. And Nathan, let's start with, uh, I know something that's been a big, big issue for you for a long, long time. Mm. Major news at the club this week, big under-23s shake-up. A lot of players let go. Neil Warnock effectively taking charge of that uh, Mm. team. Kevin Nicholson, the manager, gone. Under-18s stepping up. What, What do you make of it all? Well, uh, I've said for a long while, John, I, I didn't think it was fit for purpose, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think most players in my day and before, and even now modern day, they tend to make the debut around about 18, 19, uh, 20 at the latest. Hmm. Um, you, know, you might get a f- one or two go into lower leagues at 21, but beyond that, I mean, to think 23... You can get up to 23 without making a, a first team appearance at any level. Mm. I think is um, it's nonsensical, really. But you know, the, the bigger problem for me at Cardiff was it was just just those who were coaching, stroke running the academy and the 21s uh, at its helm. It just you know, I just don't think it's good enough. I mean, I've got. Um, players or I know there who I, I represent and look after there and you know I can tell you some of the stuff that they've not learned some of the basic principles of football is frightening so to me it's no surprise that there haven't been any players coming through for for too long really and truly when you've got to think you know the whole E triple P thing has come in, and you know the coaching is supposed to be more intense, and it's all blocked up into six-week blocks. And you know the idea was to get more, I suppose, British talent into first teams. Mm. Whether it be if you're at Cardiff and you go down the road and make a debut and play for Newport, as someone like Reece Healy has done, or you know you go and play for Gillingham or Leighton Orient, I don't know, or Bolton Wanderers, but. Um, I just think, you know, young players as well, they've got into this kind of way of thinking that they think an opportunity is just going to... It comes with the amount of time you spend at the club rather than you have to go and earn the opportunity. Uh, And, you know, it's just just not conducive to what I would say first-team professional football. And especially if you're coaching... Mm hasn't got some sort of experience within the system of people who have played the game. They don't all have to have played the game, but it's good for those coaches to rub off and work with coaches who have played the game. Um, and I would say Cal's problem was they had it upside down. They had someone like Michael Johnson, who has played probably four or five hundred league games, made his debut as a 16, 17-year-old kid. Mm. And um, you know he's having to answer to someone like Kevin Nicholson, who's you know 31, 32, never played the game, and uh, 
just not gonna have the same sort of experiences as Michael has, has, mm -hmm. has had. So it was it was all a bit um, upside down for me. And I said a long while ago they should rip it up and start again. And you know, surprise, surprise, you get a a manager in who's more, I suppose, old school, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, that's quite quite impressive in a way from Warlock. I suppose he's only been here a couple of months, come in, identified a problem, and, and it's not really a short. It's not the action of a, a short-term manager either, is it? Somebody who's, who sees himself as being there not for long at all. No, I mean I, I think you're absolutely right. It's 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 a ruthless decision, but one that might turn out to be a good thing for some of the players because mm. there are maybe players here who I've seen, who I think are really talented and who I think can have a first-team future. But it's becoming increasingly clear that they're never going to get one at Cardiff. And the longer they're at Cardiff, the less likely it is that someone's going to pick them up. Mm. And look at this young centre-back. I don't know whether he's what will happen to him, whether he's one he'll go, I don't know that. But just as an example, um, Semi AJ, the centre-back, Paul Trollope gave him a run in pre-season. He was fantastic. Really comfortable on the ball. He's big a big at Gillingham? No, I don't think so. Because no? he started off the season in the squad. OK. But then when Trollope went... Warnock, obviously, he got bumped down Much again. Larger, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's a good, he's a good player. Good in the air, really comfortable on the ball. He was really good in pre-season, but he's, I think, he's 23 now, and he's just not getting anywhere near the first team picture. It doesn't help him. It's terrible for him because other clubs are going to be looking and saying, okay, we've got a 23-year-old like now who hasn't played any first team football. Well, the, the problem um, is, Phil, for me, when you, the idea is, or the idea I thought was. If you're not capable of or not ready for the first team at championship level at the championship club, then the coaching you've received, you should quite comfortably be able to drop down at least two leagues and play League Two level. But the problem is, John, they're, that they're young men, hmm. but they still think like boys. So one of the replies I get so often from a 21, 22-year-old man yeah. Not boy, yeah. man, is I've never played men's football before. I'm like, but you're 21. You're not 14, you're 21. And there are players who make their debuts at 16. You know, Wayne Rooney was a, okay, mm. a child star at 16, 17. But, you know, like I've just said, Michael Johnson made his debut 16, 17. I made my debut 17, 18. That is just the nature of the beast, you know. It, 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 I doubt it'll change for a very, very long time. You're not going to get more people, and that defeats the object anyway. Yeah. You don't want players making their debut at 22, 23. So, for me, it's it's kind of it's 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 thrown up like a blanket around the young players, and they think I call it. It's just an extension of your apprenticeship or scholarship. They call it the two-year scholarship. I just say it's an extension of that. Don't think I'm a professional now. You're not a pro until you've played, you know, I say 50 games. Mm. Then you can call yourself a, a, a fully fledged professional. Mm. Mm. Okay, it's an interesting uh, issue. I suppose it's, it's a long term one that'll take a while before it bears any uh, fruition, I suppose, in terms of young players coming. Well, it's, it's scary because if you go back probably a decade, they were producing, even if not for Cardiff's first team. They were getting a lot of kids in to make mm. their debuts, maybe get 10, 15 games. I'm talking back in Dave Jones and that yeah, sort of yeah. era. But you would get a lot of kids through with them, go on to maybe other clubs or get sold, like an Aaron Ramsey to an Arsenal and things like that. So 
know, it starts to, I've said, it, if, you, if you have a plan where you develop the kids to a level where, okay, they're not quite good enough for Cardiff's first team, the academy will pay for itself because you're able to sell those players to the likes of Gillingham, yeah. to the likes of Swindon, to the likes of Bristol Rovers. It may only be for 50,000, but you have sell-on percentages and so many games played, you get something back. So then the academy starts to wipe its face. It might even go into the green, you know, but you can't go this long without producing what I call first-team players. You've got to review the academy and the 21 structure the strategy and the coaching is is vital. Yeah, it's just it's just about being smarter and the way you do things. And you know, there's no sh- sometimes a good player will come through your academy and you'll lose them and they'll go and shine elsewhere. And it's that, that's just part, that's just part of the game. It's just about being smart. But well, Blake, says sell on percentages, or you look at what the big clubs do now. They put a buyback clause on, so mm-hmm. if in three years' time he's turned into an unbelievable player, you get the first option. Mm-hmm. Just stuff. It's just stuff like that. It's just about. Not really hot because it fi- it fills the club because you have players on all right not huge wages but still wages that take money yeah. at the club um, and it fails them as well because clubs won't want to take them on because they look at and say well you're 22 you're 23 mm. and you've never played before so why are we going to put you in when we're in a league two relegation scrap because we need you know players who are who are up to it so yeah well if you, the system has failed if you, they've released ten players let's say all those ten players because they're going to be 19 20 21 22. Mm. So ten players on a thousand pound a week. You know what I mean, yeah, that's a very, yeah. very good championship player. Mm. That's how you've got to look at it. And not only you're stagnating your own player development from a younger age, because yeah. I see the players all the time. You're 21, but there's an 18-year-old kid coming through this year. There's an 18-year-old kid coming through next year, and so on and so forth. Every year the conveyor belt never stops. Yeah, yeah. So you're just churning out player after player after mm-hmm. player. So, you know, they've got to realise that the battle, and it is a battle to get in the first team, is huge. But at the moment there's a there's a they need to bridge the gap between what they see as eighteen or twenty ones, whichever one to first team is is just the jump at the moment is too big even to go down to the lower league level yeah okay let's discuss some uh, first team uh, matters then Philip uh, Brighton a wretched game I think you described it as a nil-nil but a good point <laughs> that was um, very <laughs> kindly very kindly yeah. an interesting team selection as well obviously with Gnongby uh, shocking us all by being named in yeah, the starting level it was, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one Freddie because I think people are a bit tired of seeing People like me write that he's not good enough every week and you know give the lad a chance and give the lad a break. I, I don't mean it as a slight on him, I just don't think he's good enough for the championship. And I think it's I just think that he was brought in as we all knew Cardiff needed a striker in the summer and that Fred was offered up as the solution. I just think there's an absolutely damning indictment of what the club do in their recruitment. I really do. And it's no slight on Fred who it's not his fault that he's not good enough for this level. Um, you know, I'm, but I just I think it's such a sums up a lot of why kind of where they are in the table mm. that he was what was brought in as a striker and that nothing else came in until deadline day, and the person who came in on deadline day was a striker who hadn't played for two years. I just don't understand how you expect you're going to have yeah, long term success yeah. with that kind of mm. recruitment. It's just so poor. Um, 
Were know. there any signs of improvement from Gnondi? Well, I, I, th- I think he did, some, he did some good things, but, you know, I, I said there was one point in the game where, admittedly, the ball was on the other side of the pitch, but he was, he was quite literally stood with his hands on his hips. Mm. And that's not me embellishing or exaggerating. All right, I used to one, that film. It was one moment of the game, but it's just... <laughs> I don't know. I I, I'm, um, I just think that it's it reflects really where Cardiff are on the table, and it shouldn't be any surprise to anyone that they are where they are, given what they did in the summer in terms of buying and selling players. The frightening thing, Phil, is Cardiff has spent money over the last five years. They've spent a whole heap of money over the last five years, and you know the squad they assembled. They've let some very good players go. Yeah. And they have to ask themselves, or they should have asked themselves, why are so many players coming into Cardiff and failing, basically? Mm. And as for Freddie, you know, I, I, I agree with Phil, it's just, you know, it's not a personal thing. I don't know him. Might be, you know, top man, but he's, he's, he's struggling at this level. Mm. And there was a few times where. I thought to myself, well, you're, you're, you're going into places where you're going to be marked as yeah. a striker. And there's probably five occasions where the obvious ball is at Peter Whitnam's feet. Now, you, we all know he can pick a pass 60, 70 yards, mm. drop it on a sixpence. And the obvious ball was for Freddie not to come towards or come towards it to go away and go in behind to use his pace to stretch the opposition. And there was two or three times where he, he came short and just continued to come short. And, and there was like three or four men around him. And I just thought, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that, I, that's more of a game intelligence thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got to be aware that, you know, Peter Whitlam looks up, looks to the, slightly to his right and sees you surrounded by three men inside our own half. You know, he's not going to give you the ball. Yeah, yeah. People criticise with not influencing the game. He's not making things happen. It's a catch twenty two. What, what, what do you so, think he's going to do with yeah. nobody in front of him? Well, yeah. if 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 he, because usually those situations you make eye contact with one another and you give it the old, and then you'll you know you'll give it the old, pretend you come towards him, then you'll you'll be gone in behind the defence, and you know. If you make that eye contact and you don't see the movement within a split second, mm. well, can you imagine what the fans would be like if Wits pumped the ball into the space where exactly what he wants to be like, what are you do? Boo, get him off. You know? So it, it kills himself because, you know, I thought, I thought against Brighton, with Harris on one side, um, What's his name on the other side? Hoylet and Gnombe. You've got three players with pace. Hmm. The obvious thing was to, you know, come short to go long sort of thing. We're going to really stretch this team. We're going to play, you know, more in behind them, get the ball forward early. Not long ball. Hmm. Because, like I said, Witz is a player that can put on a sixpence. So his 60-yard pass is as good as people's 10, 15-yard pass. So I just thought... uh, yeah, they, they missed a bit of a trick there. But, um, yeah, I just think they do need a a pacey strike because Hoyler going outside affected Cardiff. They didn't look as effective as they had 
with Hoyle and Lambert up front in previous weeks. Yeah, what, what about Harris then? You mentioned him, you, your boy Kadeem. Mm. I haven't seen much of him under, <laughs> under, under Warnock. Um, did, did he do enough to keep keep a spot in the team for I, this I, th- I think so. I mean, I think the big thing, the re- I, my gut instinct is he hasn't been getting in the team because Warnock Defensive. doesn't trust him defensively. I thought that side of his game was really good on Saturday. He, he didn't get caught out. He gave, you know, Matt Connolly, who's been out of the game for a while with an injury, came in at right back which is in his strongest position and I thought Kadeem helped him out really well I thought he was yeah, really he disciplined he and I think I strongly suspect that will have caught Warnock's eye and mm. been really impressed well I've seen Warnock applaud him a couple of times for his defensive duties and um, my one bit of advice to Kadeem would be don't try and take the man on with skill all the time especially early in the game just race him put the ball behind him and race him because there was probably three opportunities he had <coughs> excuse me to push the ball beyond the defender and just, just run him and if he gets a corner or he runs it out of touch all it does it just it's not the fact that you haven't beaten him or you have beaten him hmm. what it does it gives the defender something to think about behind him without someone making a run or anything he's always thinking well, do I I can't go too tight so what it does is it gives you space as well. Just that one thing, just pushing it behind him and running him. So I would say to him, you know, early on in the game especially, just don't look to maybe drop your shoulder once and just, just get him behind him or try to get him behind him. Just threaten that. Hmm. Yeah. The significant thing from this game, looking at the other end of the field, is the clean sheet, the first under Warner. Why were they able to get a clean sheet against one of, if not the best team They approached in the it more defensively than... They did, no, yeah. I, I, they did. It was, it, it was a selection to contain right. Yeah, I don't think anyone could argue otherwise. And I don't say that as a criticism at all. I think it was a fantastic point mm. going into an easy run of games. But you know, K- Kadeem and Junior's role was quite limited. Their responsibility clearly was to defend first mm. and to help the fullback, and they did that really well. I mean, Brighton, you know, Brighton's two fullbacks who were. Talked about a lot as two of the best attacking fullbacks in the league. They didn't really influence the game at all, you know. And it was a credit to Kadeem that the left back ended up getting so frustrated that he hacked him down in the last minute and got sent That's off. You know, it's yeah. huge credit to Kadeem that he'd yeah. hassled them all game in that sense. Um, but you know, they just they they got lucky in the first ten minutes. They made one bad error, the kind of error they've been making all season. Bennett get caught on the ball. Mm. Um, Brighton couldn't capitalise on it, and after that, they they didn't put a foot wrong really. Um, Gunnarsson tidied everything up didn't give them any space in front of the back four um, Bamba was very good again um, so yeah it was, a, it, was, it, was really, it was a really impressive clean sheet against a pack of that quality now when, when go, to go back to uh, say Paul Trollope and um, mm. Slade and that they would play Gunnarsson in sometimes a number 10 role and I never ever could work that out what they saw in him as a as a number 10 or an attacking midfielder. You know, don't get me wrong, in the right circumstance, he can go box to box. But he's not that playmaker sort of player. He is, and you've seen him thrive now because mm. he's in a position where he's best at. And it's so obvious yeah. he's best at. You know, he didn't have to look for a number six to hold in midfield. You had him there. You, you know, certain players, you just put them in their positions and then build players around them rather than try and do something or ask them to do something they, they, they're they capable of but you know 
if you ask Hoylet to play number 10, you understand. Mm. But asking Gunnarsson, you think, oh no, you're, you're a holder, you're a blocker, you're a tackler. You can pass it, but you can't pass it like Whittenham. You know, let Whittenham do that. So uh, I think he's, he's, he's thriving because he's just been played in one solitary position, that, that, that rocking uh, yeah. centre midfield. Would we say, or who would we say, here's a question for both of you, who has been Cardiff City's player of the season so far? Is it Mr Gunnison? Um, it's quite difficult, really, because the season kind of started when Warnock came in, anyway. <laughs> I, I wouldn't pick one player out from that opening spell of games and say that anybody... I I would have said Whittingham just because of his output in terms of his... And the trollop you, really, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, for me, since Warnock came in, I would go for Bamba or Gunnison. Yeah. Um, I still think... Yeah, I, I, I would probably say Gunnison would be my player of the season so far. I think Bamba, probably because we weren't expecting him to excel quite so quickly, has been one of the, maybe the story of the season, how yeah. he's come in and what he's done. And I think in terms of outright player, I'd probably go for Gunnison. Um, I'd go for Bamba. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because like, like Phil, I think the season really started when Warnock came in. Uh, I mean, Gunnison was okay and... Uh, and a trollop, but you know, I don't think anyone you could say was player of the year. You'd be picking the best from a bad bunch because they just weren't performing. <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. You know? So since and I, for me now, I see Bamba like leading Gunnison, if you like. He's, he, I see him talking to him, shouting at him, organising with him. You know, I see him, Bamba, as the the main rock at the heart. To be honest with you, he, yeah. I mean, Morrison's captain, but he's not captain. You know, yeah, as that. Yeah, would you? Would you? Would you would drop Morrison, wouldn't you? Uh, well, I would take. I, I, I would. I would. I would. Now I would make Bamba or Gunnison my captain, um, and Morrison. You know, I think Bruno Manga would have been the perfect foil for me mm. because of his pace. And his athleticism, but for whatever reason, that's that's not gone. And I always said my my favourite is, is Connolly. Yeah. Because I just don't think he, you know, he rarely makes mistakes that cost you. And I think he's he's decent when the ball's in behind him. He's got better pace than Morrison. Yeah. They're similar size. The only thing that Morrison has over him is in the opposition's box. Scores goals. He's yeah. productive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I think I think Connolly's quite a quiet player as well as yeah. the impression I get. Yeah. Um, so I think Bamba, if you so if you so if you put them alongside Bamba, it's not going to be an mm, issue because mm. Bamba organises and Connolly can just get on. When you put them alongside of Morrison, you then have two very quiet mm. centre backs, mm. quiet goalkeeper, mm. um, which I just don't think really works. Morrison um, has to focus on his own game. That's why he's. I wouldn't say he's like quiet because he doesn't like the shout or rant or rave. He knows he he has to be so. Involved in his own game, he can't afford to, and you get players like that. Yeah, no. yeah, he's probably unlikely to drop drop his captain. But what what changes will he make? I know he's he's hinted in this run of games now that there's there's going to be maybe some significant ones. I know we mused over. Does that mean yeah, the likes of Leximers, people yeah, like that? It's, it's really interesting because he has said he said that changes are coming, and he's he's been playing. I know pretty much the second week when he came in, he's been planning for how he's going to set up against teams outside the top six. It's just taking an age to actually reach that point in the fixture list. 
Um, and I actually have no idea what he's going to do because I'm surprised if it would be. I assumed that Hoylet would just come back into the middle. Um, but the fact that he's suggesting otherwise um, suggests that's not going to be the case. So whether someone like Lex Simmons comes back into it or whether he plays Anthony Pilkington in the middle of Lambert and goes with Harris and Hoylet out wide. Mm. So that to me seems like the most likely thing. And maybe you lose one out of midfield, maybe Rolls or mm-hmm. Whittingham, maybe, I don't know. They're um, still away from home this weekend. This is still still Neil Warnock. It's not going to be a... Sort of oh, no, it's, like, no, no, it's it? not going to be 4 2 4, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I, if, 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 I, if I had to bet on it, I would guess Ralph. that Pilkington will play off Lambert and Riles will drop out and it'll be Harris and Hoyle out wide. Because um, he, he played a 4 2 3 1 at Keep Yar and was very, very, very successful with it. Um, and the thing about that is he knows with Gunnison playing so well. Mm. He knows that he can play two in midfield because mm. he knows Gunnison. It's almost like Kante at Leicester last year. Mm. He knows that he can do the work of two Make midfielders. That, Phil Smith. Mm. <laughs> Aaron um, Gunnison is better than Kante. But it's similar, isn't it? You know that you know that he will do. You know again. One and a half yeah. midfielders' work, two mm-hmm. midfielders' yeah, work yeah, for yeah. one mm-hmm. player. So that means he can. Someone like Pelton, who defensively doesn't contribute, you can start to get away with. And um, when you've got that four with the two, you can actually play Whittingham and Gunnison next to each other because they, they they just sat there really and truly yeah. do you know what I mean it's different than a 4-4-2 yeah. because you've got the three up ahead of you so you've got the wide man still occupying so and you've got the man who can drop in and out and, and help you so you know I, I think that would probably lend itself that mm. system probably best to what Cardiff have at their disposal yeah well, how good a rip switch how bad a rip switch um, I think they're a team that have just run out of steam a little bit this year because they've been Mick McCarthy's been been inconsistent for a couple of years, though, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's the classic example of you know a team that there's not a lot of money there, so you're always fixing little bits of it rather than improving it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Mick McCarthy every year builds a functional team out of what he's got, and then in the summer a couple of players go, and he has to go back and find someone cheaper to mm. do that job. Um, and I think it's catching up with them a little bit this season because they haven't offered a lot. I know a lot of the Ipswich fans are very, very restless about the situation. Mm. So it's not... Last year, you would have looked at Ipswich away and gone, oh, that's a, that's a really tough, tough game. game. And of course it is. Yeah. But it's not It's not what it has been, I don't think, the last mm. two or three seasons. Cardiff traditionally don't go down there well. Don't travel well. It's a long way, Phil. It is a long way. Particularly the morning after yeah. the Christmas do. Yeah. 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 It's a very long way, yeah. yeah. You've been involved in football too long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it is a game that they should be looking to get something out of. They shouldn't be going there and saying we're going to put a lot of players behind the yeah. ball and if we get a point, happy days. Mm. Not to say a point would be a bad result, but they should be going there to try and win, mm. definitely. Um, but it be interesting to see how Tom Lawrence is getting on, of course, because he's, um, he's made a bit of an impression next, which never really managed it at Cardiff, so... Interesting, yeah, he never did at all, really, Tom yeah. yeah, he had one or two good games, yeah. but he didn't, um, he didn't Except impress me like, hugely. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, interesting, yeah, no, will be indeed. Will be. Let's talk before we do your predictions, let's talk quickly about um, about January, which I know we'll be doing lots on on January transfer window in the coming weeks uh, for sure. Neil Warnock reckons he wants to get players in on January the first, if, <laughs> if that's at all possible. Is, is that is that encouraging to? To hear that they'll get the work done early. Well, I think the way Warnock works is that you won't be messing about. He'll know who he wants to speak already to. Already done already. And he'll yeah. be speaking to them. Mm. Um, that reassures me. It suggests to me that Warnock's got a large amount of control. 
because I'm more than happy to say that Cardiff will never get back in the Premier League or the playoffs if the people who've been signing players for the last two or three years continue, continue to do so. They will only go in one direction, and that's mm. downwards. And there's a transfer committee, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. Leo, you're always picking on the transfer committee because mm. they keep every week. They keep failing in their job <laughs> spectacularly. <and laughs> yeah. Seemingly no accountability. Or, Absolutely, um, that's the word, Phil. Um, so I'm encouraged. It suggests to me that Warnock's got some targets that he hopes to bring in, and will is already moving towards that end. Um, I don't. I think he mentioned about signing on January the first. I think that I think he just wanted to have a little pop at the FA. To be honest, as a yeah, sometimes does. I don't know how serious that. Well, was, I think it might be uh, like his frustration as well. I think he, he he probably thinks I need to get him and him or that player I've got ready to go in there. Yeah. I need to get him in because I I want to push on because you know game by game by game you're going towards the back end of the season. And, and then it doesn't matter about what players you've got and if you're in a certain position at a certain stage of the season different that different pressures start to come into play yeah so if you're bottom four and it's February you do start to look at the games and you start saying mm, 15 games and then all of a sudden you haven't won in the last three or four and it's 11 games and then psychologically people start you know touch goes a bit or they're a bit nervy or do you know what I mean it, 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 it's totally different so I would say he wants to get his players in and try and get out up yeah. into you know 15th 16th place and be comfortable quite mm. as quick as possible he's been talking about January and the importance of for January for, about, for, about, <laughs> for several weeks he makes a point of bringing it up at every possible press conference opportunity is, is he is he challenging the, the people above him? Is he, is well, he saying... Can I know? just say, John? Yeah, well, of course he is. And, of course, by doing what he's doing with the 23s, it, it's all linked in. It's what we've been saying on the show for two, maybe three years. You know, there's, there's, you look at the 10 players, like I've said, you shift them. And it's probably more than 10 it'll mm. be, but you shift them, it frees up money. And then you've got your financial fair play. It helps that situation. And, you know, your 18s. It helps them because they will stagnate because you've got a block of 12, 13 players who aren't playing who are just stuck. No one wants to take them on loan and they're not good enough to get in the first team. So what Cardiff kept doing was just giving them another year and saying, oh, maybe they'll develop next yeah. year. Maybe they'll develop next year. But why they were doing that was fear of that player going and doing well, like Phil said, at another club, which then all the Cardiff fans would go, well, why did you let him go? Why has he been able to develop into a first-team player at another club but couldn't do it here? So they were just holding on because they didn't want anyone else to have sort of thing. But you just can't run it like that. You just have to, if that's the player you think, right, bang, on you go. But you just can't keep holding and holding and holding. Yeah, Who knows what's going to happen in terms of outgoings in January because you look at the team on Saturday, you look at the squads, no Hughes, no O'Keefe, no Immers. Look on the bench, Shamak was on the bench, I doubt he'll stay, mm. Richardson we don't know, mm. Zahor, I highly doubt anyone will stump up the money to buy Cancer Hall, but if they did, he'd be off. Manga was on the bench, we know Manga's going. likely to go. Mm -hmm. So outgoings, I've just, it does feel a little bit like everyone's sort of... Got a target if some, them, Yeah, if someone comes in with the money, there's no one, you know... Um, nobody's so, safe nobody's safe so it's, well, it's going to be Whitten a, Whitten's coming to the end of his contract isn't he 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Still, still no deal on the. What's it you say? No deal signed and sealed, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think yourself. Someone like Neil Warnock, who likes that sort of, he likes a playmaker, but the playmaker's got to be quite leggy. Got to have a bit about him getting about the pitch and putting his foot in them a bit. And you know, because he's not a luxury player. He's a beautiful player to watch, but you know, you got to think a player of who's going to be on the kind of wage he's going to be drawing. That's going to free up probably enough for two or three good players. So a lot of pros and cons to weigh up, mate. Mm. Big decisions. Big up. decisions. All mm-hmm. depends on the financial situation. Mm-hmm. Well, they all affect. They all play in, and and that's been Cardiff's major problem. His financial fair play has restricted them in, mm. you know, being able now to try and buy their way out of trouble or, you know, they kept, oh, well, that hasn't worked, so we'll bring these eight in. Well, that's not worked. We'll bring these 13 in. Well, that's not worked. We'll bring these six in. It's just, you know, it's just but what you're bringing them in on three and four and five-year deals on good money, and they're not, well, many of them not going to get that same money at another club. So what they do is sit, frustrate, and then you end up having to give them a large sum of their money anyway. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Okay, then let's finish up with the predictions for Ipswich. Oh, I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 Cardiff win. I'm going to go for a, um, a 3-1 Cardiff win. <laughs> they'd, be top, they'd be top of the table if you boys were right. I'll tell you what, they'd be top of the table. 2-1 and 3-1. Well, you never know, do you? You never know. Okay, we'll... Uh, well, we'll find out on Saturday and we'll, uh, we'll pick it all apart next, uh, next week. Thanks for joining us, as always, and we will see you next week. Take care.